0: I've got two lessons to squeeze into one, and the clock already says three minutes after. So very quickly, let me give you a couple prayer requests and a couple praises. And Maya, I'll get with you, and we'll get caught up on a lot of this stuff with um, the uh, prayer sheet for next week. Oh, actually, the Maranatha Singers are going to be here next week. Be here, be here, be here. A lot of times I don't announce. You know I love having class. Love, love. I fight for our class time. <laughs> and Well, you know. But um, anyways, in two weeks, um, then we will be caught up on a new prayer sheet. This one, because we've had so many fun, wonderful things happening. Yes. Trina? And just one more to add to it is I told you about Juliana Marcola. Yes, the I've got that. And so there's, it's a curling and very, curling and very painful. Okay, and you got, you, many of you pray for the Markles. Um, This is Puerto Rico, so, and now, she she is uh, 16, and there was something else. Well, I'll I'll go on. Um, We have a wonderful answer to prayer in our own class, and that is our Carter Vodroti with the issue that he's had with his hip that we've all been praying about since uh, school time. He went. They went back and did that, another MRI. Whatever was there is gone. Amen. And he is healing. Yeah, yeah. And so the pain will continue to subside. So we just say praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, which is wonderful. And then um, uh, two prayer requests from Kathy Heider. Uh, Lottie's nephew, uh, his name is Andrew, they just discovered a brain tumor. He went in for a head injury, and they found a brain tumor. His name is Andrew, and it's much identical to Peggy. Peggy, who usually sits right there, um, her son that we've been praying for. Uh, they what they discovered was a brain tumor. That was not even what they were going in there for. And he is still in chemotherapy before they can even move on. So, and he is on our, our prayer list here. He's 18 years old. He just graduated. He just signed up to make a lifetime career with the military. You, you know, all the plans you have is an 18-year-old, and so God has a different plan here, and uh, we need to lift. Do you know, Kathy? Does he know the Lord as Savior? I so. Okay. Um, so that is Andrew, and then also Tammy Strickland, who used to come here as a child. Yes, her mom is in. Um, she has heart, lung problems, and she's in the hospital. This is Tammy Strickland's mom. She she needs she needs our prayer on that. So, and then there's a card going around for our Tammy and Brian. Uh, Al Pahoki is in heaven this morning, and uh, continue to lift up the family in prayer. It doesn't matter how old; it still hurts, and it is still an ache. And um, just uh, lift the Pahokee family up in prayer and and they are salt and light to their family concerning Christ and pray that that influence keeps going on and on and pray for our families that our many families are traveling uh, you know that's what July is all about in Michigan and um, the families that, it's welcome home to Michelle and pastor Jeff and the boys I mean I know you had a wonderful wonderful time and it's wonderful to get away and it's even more wonderful to get home and uh, so pray for our families that are traveling. And then um, Tom, our Tom is healing and progressing. And he's here. He is here? Oh, I have not. Oh, my word. That is oh, absolutely, absolutely wonderful, Betty. That is fabulous. Um, <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. Oh, that is, that's, he's still just the oh I'm sure. Right. Yeah, right. I'm fatigued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Our bodies are unbelievable. When I looked at Michelle, I know the thing that I was trying to uh, call to my remembrance, pray for our continued, uh, continue praying for our camp decisions. Um, Barb and I were talking this morning. Camp decisions are, they are the best evangelistic tool our churches have, and it's our homegrown kids, and it's in our area. So many salvations. Um, and this past week, uh, Kobiak saw a number of salvations. The camp that Kerry and AC are involved with up in the UP had numbers of. They they bring so many bus kids in. It's the first time they hear the gospel, girls, and their hearts hear about the love of Jesus, and they get saved before. I mean, just in, we say in the nick of time, you know, to catch them at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, um, it just, it means everything. So continue to pray for our kids' decisions who made such wonderful choices at camps. I know Vivian's grandson got saved at camp this past uh, two weeks ago and a number of others. Sherman? My Cindy drove across the UP and took five or six kids from her church and was there with Barbara. Amen. Amen. So yeah. It's such a oh, it's, it's just, it's tremendous and the salvation that happens there. Then also, I just want to call to mind the unspokens on our personal prayer list in our Sunday school class. There's some really deep yeah. needs in these unspokens. Please don't gloss over them because we don't know the details, but there's some real heartache here. And so please um, lift those up in prayer. What a blessing it is to pray one for another. And uh, I want to recommend a book before I even get started because then I forget if I don't. Uh, We are stepping into this theme as we go to the fourth reason why a sheep will not lay down in a green pasture that God provides. It's because they're hungry. It's hungry. We are stepping into hunger. We had Fourth of July last week. Freedom. God bless America. We are free. We're going back to our series in Psalm 23. You can turn to your Bible there. I like everything Elizabeth George writes, okay, (laughs) This is, as we step into this issue of prayer, I highly recommend this book, uh, The Heart of a Woman Who Prays, on your handout sheet that you got. If you didn't get Robin, did you get a handout sheet? Um, it, I have run off a couple things, oh, good, yep, Therefore um, from her book, and then there's a couple other things that um, are other references, because that's going to be your homework till we meet again, and uh, well, that sounds like Lawrence Weld. All right, till we meet again. <laughs> All right. yeah. yeah, I've got my coffee. That's going to have to do. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are our shepherd. Thank you, Father, for the answer to prayer. Father, thank you that Tom is here. Thank you the news concerning Carter. Lord, we just, we just thank you. And Lord, I, I pray now that as we unclutter our minds, as we put these things aside, Lord, I pray that you would direct my mouth and my mind to what truly needs to be shared for a heart here that's hungry, that needs the answer, that needs your word, that needs your comfort, that needs your direction. Lord, may we open your hearts to your word now. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our shepherd. In thy precious name, amen. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures that's where we're at. Don't go any further. We're in a green pasture. And the four reasons why a sheep will not lay down and find the rest that we desperately need, the fourth reason is because of hunger. Hunger. And that's what we're going to start addressing in the next two weeks. The Lord is our shepherd. Now, first of all, I want you to just park on that for a minute. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. Would you say that out loud to your... Say it out loud right now. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We get to open up his word and get his direction because he's our shepherd. A shepherd leads. A sheep follows. We get to open up his word in Sunday school and follow our shepherd's leading. But even better than that, we get to open up the word of God and read how much he loves us. It's our most basic need to be loved. And we get to do that right now. I love it the fact that Jesus says, Kathy, I'm not only your shepherd, but I'm your savior. I have saved your soul for eternity. He has saved your soul for eternity. He's my savior, but he's my shepherd for today. Because you know what? As much as I love the fact about even so, Lord, come quickly and eternity is something that we cannot even imagine. It's so wonderful. Kathy being the sheep she is, I'm all about today. Our Savior has given us a home in heaven, and that's wonderful. But I'm not there yet. I'm in Saginaw, Michigan, and so are you. And some of you are saying that's a long way from heaven. (laughs) And it is. And the wonderful thing about the Lord who is our shepherd, he says, child, I'm not going to meet you at home someday. I've prepared that. That's done. I've prepared a place for you. That's done. But because I'm your shepherd, I'm going to be with you in your home today. Today. Your 4611 Dartmouth home you know, the home that the windows are filthy again with all those rains and they need to be washed, that home that the basement needs to be recleaned again, that home where Clint's closet is a mess and I've got to reorganize it, that home that the the laundry's piling up. We had two washcloths this morning. (laughs) Praise God we had two. (laughs) Yeah, see, and and I say, Lord, you know all about my home. He says, Kathy, I want to be with you in your home today because I want to do something there. And the Lord and I both know it has nothing to do with the surface cleaning things that get let go or, or that need to be done. But it's his presence. Because you and I all know that home is not about the structure. It's about the love inside. It's about the peace inside. It's about the fun inside. It's about the joy inside. It's about the people inside. It's the presence of those we love and more than anything else, my home needs the presence of God. And God says, I'm I'm going to be there today. I am there today. I was there with you this morning. So I'm grateful that yes, we have a home prepared for us, but I am more grateful of the fact that the, the Lord who is my Savior for eternity is my shepherd for today. Amen. And he says, I'll meet you at home. He does something about my home and then I am grateful that someday I'm going to have a new body. How about you? <laughs> new body, new body. But that's in the future. Right now, because I'm so all about today, do you know what the Lord says? He says, I'm going to do about your, something about your body today, Kathy. And I say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, I really need his work in this old body this old mind, this willful heart, this crabby spirit. I get so filled with the wrong stuff, Lori. I get filled with the wrong stuff. Tina called me last week. Actually, we polo. And uh, she was driving. What do they drive? Is it a Jeep? I don't know what it is. Her hair is flying. She's driving. She's hanging on. It's bouncing. Kobiak, you know. And she's moaning, and she goes, Mom, I can't believe I did this. I ate a whole bag of Lay's potato chips. <laughs> this, is, this is little teeny-tina, okay, you know? And she says, I don't know why I did it. She said, oh, yes, Mom, I do know why I do it. I do know why I justified that. See, we, we're so good. She says, because that afternoon was scheduled in her day, meters of swimming. Okay, she, multiple times a week, Swims that lake a whole bunch of meters, I forget how many she said, to keep her inner core strong. She's in charge of the waterfront and she trains the lifeguards, and she herself is that she holds herself to this accountability. She said, So I ate that bag of potato chips knowing I'd be swimming all these meters and I would work them off. Well, she's also the office director. And that day, she got buried in the office, buried. And so she didn't get her swim time in. And now she's in this vehicle bouncing, and she's going, I feel like garbage. I ate that whole bag of chips, did not work it off, and now I feel like garbage. And, Mom, I can complain to you because you understand. (laughs) She comes by it honestly. (laughs) Yeah, filled and feeling like garbage. The strawberries were delicious. The chocolate covered, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I did share them, so, yeah. Um, But worse than physical garbage filling us up is the emotional and the mental garbage that we willingly ingest, and then we justify it. Well, and then you fill in the blank, and then we feel like garbage. Now, maybe you're sitting here this morning, and your tummy is full. You had breakfast or coffee, but you are empty emotionally, mentally. Maybe, maybe you just feel like garbage inside. Well, I'm here to tell you the Lord is our shepherd to deal with the garbage that I so easily ingest every day. I can't wait to get into this part. First of all, turn to your Bibles to John 6. This is beautiful, John 6. And you have a paper there where you can write these references on so that you can study them this week. Jesus, our shepherd for eternity, but he's our shepherd for today. And he's totally engaged and concerned about my filling. Why? Because I will naturally go empty and be filled with garbage, and I will never find the rest that he provides in the green pasture. John 6.33. Jesus says, and they answered him. Whoops, I'm in the wrong, wrong one. I'm in John 8. John 6, 33. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. This is Jesus speaking. If you have your red letter edition, verse 35, he plainly says, And Jesus said unto them, I am what, class? I'm what? (laughs) I'm the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger. We can continually be filled. And believeth on me shall never thirst. Now look at verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will. Oops, that's not the one I want. Look at 44. I have so many markings in my Bible. No man can come. That's still not what I want. I want 51. 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Jesus plainly says who he is. Who is he, girls? He's the bread of life. He's the bread of life. When he describes himself, Betty, as the bread of life, he he gets my attention. He gets my attention. See, man might not live by bread alone, but this woman could. I love my bread. I love bread. Now, back in the Lord's Day, the bread was the staff of life. The bread had all the nutrition. I mean, the wheat that they were growing is nothing like the wheat that we have grafted today. The bread that they made, and they made it how often? Every day. The bread is fresh. The bread is nutritious. The bread was the staff of life. The bread was daily. Now, get all of these parallels because that's why Jesus used this to describe himself as, I am the bread of life. We naturally tune in to what we know. We know. We know we like bread. Your cookie. Your cookie is in the shape of a slice of bread. All right? To take the parallel here, to fit the point of today's lesson, this afternoon when you brew your tea or your coffee and you eat your cookie and you savor the points that we pondered in Sunday school, this cookie will fill you up for about five minutes. And then you're going to be empty again. And hopefully you will find something more nourishing than a sugar cookie to fill up on. But the point the Savior is making when he describes himself as bread, he gets our attention by something which is very daily for us and very delightful, filling up physically. We love it. But it needs to be continually repeated. We are emptied over and over and over again. And Jesus says more empty than your tummy gets is your soul and your spirit. Let me fill you. Okay, so now turn to your Bibles to Ephesians 3.19. I encourage you to memorize Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Let me get there too. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Because Jesus is referencing the fact that he is the bread of life. We can relate to that. We understand it. It's delightful. It's delicious. We want it. And he said, you need to want this more than physical bread. And understand that just like you get hungry over and over and over again, your soul and your spirit growl to be fed, to be filled. Ephesians 3, verse number 16. Jesus goes on to say, more empty than your tummy is your soul. And he says, this is where you get your fullness, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, that ye might be filled. He begins with that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. This is where we're talking about the soul and the spirit. Also, the inner man is the mind and the heart. It's everything inside of you that makes you who you really are. It's far more important than our tummies. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be being rooted And grounded in him may be able to comprehend with all saints, and this is what we're going to get into, and to know the love of Christ. So, every day being filled, filled with a fullness that satisfies, knowing that every day I'm emptied in my day. Just like every day we get hungry in our tummy, every day we get emptied in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, in our spirit. But we have a shepherd that fills, promises to fill. He takes my barren desert moments and experiences, and he leads me to green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That wanting is so misconstrued in our thinking. That wanting is, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want for something more. The Lord is my shepherd. When he's my shepherd and I follow him, I shall not want, I shall not go hungry. He leadeth me, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures where he'll fill me. So your Sunday school cookie in the shape of a slice of bread, our Savior invites us to come and dine. John 21, 12, come and dine. He prepares a table. He prepares the table, a picnic basket. It's there every day, come and dine. Now, you'll also notice on your cookie, often on a picnic, we also have ants and storm clouds. It's th- They're there on purpose. Oh, and by the way, oh, oh we'll get into this in a minute because I know where I'm going to run out of time. Ants and storm clouds, um, Just like ants and storm clouds are part of many picnics, pain and trouble are part of many of our days. Now it's interesting that God doesn't take away the ants or the storm clouds. He doesn't take away the pain or the trouble. He says, no, I've got something better. I want you to get your focus on something different than the ants and the storm clouds. I want you to look unto me. We're here for a picnic together. You are with me. It Couples with the verses that we learned in Isaiah. I will take thee by thy right hand, saying unto thee, Never fear. I am what? With you. The most important four-letter word in the English language, with. When I am with him, and my picnic is invaded with ants and storm clouds, Jesus, our shepherd, doesn't take him away, says that's not the point. I've got something here that's going to fill you up, regardless of the ants and the storm clouds. So, you see, it is so easy for me to chew on something different. When when Jesus says, Oh, taste and see that I am good, this is what God tells it, taste me, Kathy. He wants me to learn to look and taste on something different. Because I tend to chew and chew and chew on what's wrong, or what's unfair, or what if, or if only that is what I am ingesting as I think on those things, and and Jesus says, no. These things are always going to be in this cursed life. So get your eyes off of that, and get your eyes on the picnic basket. I am the bread of life. I've got something for you to ingest. And it's not empty. It will fulfill, and it will satisfy. It's nutritious. It's not like that bag of Lay's potato chips that Tina ate. Leaves my soul and my spirit Full instead of groaning. So number one, for those of you who like 123 ABC, which I do, number one, for being filled up with the fullness of God, number one, Jesus calls for me to come and dine. He says, get your eyes off the fire ants and the storm clouds and taste this. Understand that God is with me, especially when the ants are there in the fire, matter of fact, I got up this morning, um, your, some of your cookies, some of your cookies, the tablecloth bled. I wrapped these last night. They had sat out and dried plenty long enough, but on some of them, you'll see on the tablecloth, the red is bleeding. Red is, red is picky when you use that in cookies. It's very, very picky. This had dried 24 hours. I wrapped them last night. I get up this morning and I look at about a third of my cookies. I go, You've got to be kidding me. The tablecloths are bleeding. Picky. Well, I noticed right away. And the whole point of it is we all live with picky stuff. We all live with picky stuff. You live with, with, and God says, Kathy, picky things are always going to be with you. Get your eyes off of it. It's not important. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. This is what I want you to ingest. First of all, um, know that I am continually emptied in my spirit, in my mind, in my heart, just the way our tummy is continually emptied. This is why Jesus makes the emphasis on I'm the bread of life. You have to keep coming back to be filled. He always provides. What does Peter say in 2 Peter? I get to be a partaker of the divine nature. I get to run to his pantry all throughout my day, and I need to run to his pantry all throughout my day because I'm continually hungry. Something has emptied me. Something has irritated me. Something has offended me. And I'm going to feel like garbage if I don't deal with it. See? So Number one, for being filled up with the fullness of God today. I'm not talking about eternity. I praise God for eternity, but I want God to deal with me. I want to be full today. First of all, he calls me to come and dine, to take my eyes off of the fire ants and the storm clouds. And he says, first thing you do, Kathy, is you remember what I have done for you. Number one, you remember what I have done for you. Now, we're going to park here for just a second. And do your own personal checkup quiz. Yesterday, did you dwell for even five minutes on all that you have because of what the Lord has done for you? My hungry soul is a matter of not falling in love with my Lord every day. Now... Wednesday night Bible studies, it's been on the churches. The churches at Ephesus, I think it's Revelation 2, they left their first love. God's instruction to that church, the very first thing he tells them to do is what? Remember. Remember from whence thou hast been. You know, girls, it's only by God's grace we are sitting in this beautiful Sunday school classroom with the open Word of God, with a heart that's been cleansed, with eternity in our future, and with a shepherd for today. Did you remember that for five minutes yesterday? You will fall in love. You will fan the flame of your faith when you just stop to remember. Jesus invites us to this picnic basket that he opens up, Elise, and he says, Kathy, you feel like garbage because you're feeding your mind with that offense or that complaint or that disappointment. Stop feeding. You're going to become the garbage you're ingesting in your mind and your heart. I've got something better. Okay, open this up, and for five minutes, dwell on the love of God that has saved your life and changed your life. That's number one. Five minutes of doing that. I change your body with food. Let me change your heart and your mind with my word. Oh, taste and see. And Jesus wants to fill me up today and every time something in my day empties me. Come and dine. So why would we live empty? Because we do. (laughs) Why would we be, Lori, like, why did I eat that bag of Doritos, you know? Praise the Lord. We have a shepherd for today, for today's garbage feeling. The Lord is my shepherd, and he provides. My responsibility lies in the fact that I need to draw near. I need to draw near to my Lord, who is my shepherd. How do we consistently learn to draw near? Number one, remember what the Lord has done for me, and thank him, and understand that the process that happens when you, on purpose, and you can call it daily devotions, you can call, call it your Bible reading time, you can call it your prayer time, when you stop, when you just stop. And I have some, a sheet that I handed out to you for your um, perusal. It talks about setting up a regular time, a scheduled time. If you don't, it does not happen. And I need the Lord with me today. And I have to nurture that. I have to learn to follow closely. I have to, my personal responsibility is to fan the flame of that love, that first love. Um, when you remember God's grace in your life personally, this is what the miracle of being changed does. When I sit and I start listing what God has done, and, and do it with your children. It's, it's so much fun to reference God and what he's done in our lives. We, were, we ran to Trina's yesterday. I had Jack and Will, and uh, we're going to go swimming. And then I had Caleb, too, because they got home from fishing. And so I had the three boys in the back, and Clint and I were in the front. And I said, okay, all the way to Trina's. It takes me 20 minutes from my house to her house. I said, all the way. We are each going to say... One thing that God has done for us today, today, because, you know, we get so generic. We get so used to our faith. Oh, God saved me. No, no, no. It's got to be today because our shepherd is a shepherd for today, Betty. And I said, and then not only do you have to say one thing that he has done for you, but you have to remember what the person in front of you said, and then you have to keep going. So... It can only be one word. It can only be one word. This is all given before I'm getting out of the driveway. I know I've got 20 minutes. I said, Grandma, start. Okay. I thank the Lord for time. Now, you can explain why, and I'm going to tell you why. I had way too many things to do today, and the Lord just seemed to stretch my time for me. I love what, when he does that. As I dedicated this time and this to do, thank you, Lord, for time. Well, then it was Clint's turn. He said, Jesus. And then it was Jack's turn, and Jack said, air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> they tra- they travel a lot. And he says, just think, Grandma, think how they travel. And he reads. He reads. He gobbles up books. He reads series. And so he's read all about the wagon trains going out west and the gold rush and everything from past to future. He reads everything, and he, he remembers everything. He gives me facts that just blow my mind. And so he says, Grandma, I'm so gra- I said, you know what? When Grandma grew up, there was no air conditioning in cars. <laughs> it, was, it was called four windows down and 40 miles an hour, you know. Really? Yeah. And so then we went to Caleb, and Caleb said fish. He had been fishing that morning with his dad and his grandpa, fish. And then, and then um, Will said, um, it started with an F. It wasn't food. Oh, he said family. And then I said I said I like keeping it on the same letter. It helps me remember. And I said food. And I am. We went for twenty minutes. We got to Trina's, and we couldn't believe how many things God had done for us today. Today, calling them to remember, um, drawing near, recognize. Oh, and but the process, the miracle of God's grace changing us when we stop to remember. When I dwell on what. Jesus has done for me and where I would have been had not Jesus saved me and patiently waited for me to grow up and teach me and guide me and lead me and convict me and bless me and reward me. What that does inside of your spirit where the Holy Spirit lives, it grows the grace of God. That's how the grace of God grows inside of us. The grace of God grows inside of me when I pour my heart out in thanksgiving for his grace. And then the Holy Spirit takes that. And we become so filled with grace and gratefulness that I'm changed from Kathy to Christ likeness because there's even grace to share with us how so it happens. And it's the only way that it happens. It's one-on-one communication. And I start by remembering what God's grace has done for me. Number two, recognize how easily routine replaces relationship. Routine replaces relationship. The story was in the Detroit paper of a man who heard a strange noise while walking by a garbage dumpster It sounded like a whimper. He stopped. It was a baby crying in the dumpster. He moved some trash, and there, wrapped in a blanket, was an infant, not lost, but abandoned, abandoned by its mother. This again goes back to the church at Ephesus. Jesus says, I have somewhat against you. You see, you've you've left your first love. You didn't lose your love didn't lose your first love. You left it. You abandoned it. Why do we do that? Because we're sheep. We're just dust sheep that easily wander. And God consistently calls me back. I've got this prepared for you. I've got this prepared for you. Come and dine every day. You're going to feel like garbage. I want to fill you up with my love. It is so easy to get used to a routine. I love routines. Matter of fact, routines saved my life for the first 10 years of child rearing. Saved my joy, saved my happiness, saved my relationships. I love routines. I'm still connected. Clint is still very, very patterned. Patterning and routines gave Clint a grounding and a security that he would be lost without tell you some really funny stories, but I won't. Um, <laughs> next time. But, but it's true. We are to schedule. We are to be grounded. But you know what the scariest thing for me is? My dear ladies, I am a fourth generation, born again, love the Lord Christian. I can trace my spiritual genealogy back to Denmark where my great-great-grandmother got on board came to Grand Rapids, all for the purpose of she wanted her children to be able to worship God and not the state church in Denmark. But the thing that just scares me is I, why do I do what I do? Why do I serve the Lord? Why do I pass out tracts? Why do I open my Bible? It's a routine. It's all that I've ever known. It's what I've been reared in. I am familiar with it. I know it. And in a heartbeat, I can slip into the routine of Christianity and wander away from loving the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul. I'm a pastor's wife. Do you know how scary it is to get caught in the ritualism of church and leave my first love it is my prayer every morning father i need to love you more today than i did yesterday i need to i need to fan that flame i don't want to be a form of religion with no power therein i want to experience the fullness of you in me today save me from the ritualism God, I love church. You established the church. The church is your bride. I want to be a faithful bride. Understand number two under this is it is so easy to wander. It is so easy to replace your burning on fire faith, your love for God with a system, with a ritual, with a routine. It is up to you and me to fan the flame. And that is where my duty comes in. I'll start here. We're not going to get through this, but I want to whet your appetite. (laughs) And I want to see you in two weeks, the Lord willing, because this gets so good. It was spring. It was 1968. Some of you were not even born. Doug and I were seniors in high school, and we barely knew each other, but we'd been on two dates. We knew enough that we knew we wanted to know more. About each other and on that third date I really wanted to know more but for that to happen it meant what being with him communicating and the more I did the more I liked on that third date now I didn't love him yet I couldn't I didn't know him well enough there was just this desire okay it wasn't that it was spring, it wasn't that we were seniors and knew everything that we needed to know in this life. It was none of that. It was it was not just the attraction, it was that there was a scent of love there. A scent of love. I wasn't in love, I didn't know him well enough. But there was that scent. How many of you say you love God? You say, Kathy, we're in Sunday school. Of course I love God. And I am so thankful. That you are in Sunday school because it reveals a desire to know more. To know more about your God. That's what being in Sunday school is. It reveals a desire. You're following the scent of godliness. God, I've got to know you more. But I'm telling you that Sunday school will not make you fall in love with God. Now, what does Only personally, one-on-one, communicating with your shepherd. Sunday school, we're communicating with each other. I'm communicating to you the word of God. But your shepherd calls for you and me to commune with him one-on-one because that's where we fall in love. And it is totally revealed. If you want to give yourself a really good, no multiple-choice answers, test personally about do I love God, Check your prayer time. I promise you, that's what it is. That's where you and I fall in love with God. It's our one on one communication. It's where I cast my care, it's where I praise Him, it's where I thank Him, it's where His Spirit directs me, convicts me. We're going to talk about what breaks this communication next time we meet. It's my one on one communication. Sadly, most of Christianity in America, when Jesus says, Do you love me? We're like, Peter, sure, I love you. I, I like you, Lord. I like you. That's what we we tend to just press the like icon. Like you, like you. And there's a seriousness there where the Lord says again to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Well, this time Peter gets it that the Lord is. Is asking something more. And so he pauses for a minute, and then he shrugs, and he says again, Lord, I like you a lot. You see, there were some issues that Peter had to deal with that he was not dealing with, and the Lord knew this, and this is why he kept after him. Peter, do you love me? What were the issues in Peter's life, the same ones that we have? Pride, anger, offendedness. Every time Peter turned around, he was offended with something or someone. And the love of Christ was never going to grow and fill his heart and soul and mind the way God wants it to fill as long as Peter was filled with these pride and anger issues. So the Lord was striving to get Peter to deal with it, and praise God, he did. And it's the very same thing for you and me today. We are so filled with issues. And the love of Christ will not constrain me it will not fill me until I deal with these issues. And maybe it's, maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's offendedness. Maybe it's priorities. We're going to look at some of these things that draw us as sheep away in two weeks. They're so subtle. They're so subtle. They're even good things. But they're not, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That My prayer time. I gave you homework for your prayer time till we meet again. I hope that you will take advantage of it and increase your prayer time, your one-on-one time, and tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to fill me. What do I need to deal with? Just one more minute. On that third date, on that third date, um, we stopped to get gas, and uh, Doug ran into the gas station, because that's how you did it back then in 1968. I think gas was like 22 cents a gallon. And he jumped out of the car, and his wallet fell on the front seat. <clears throat> and I went to pick it up, and, um, but he was already halfway to the gas station. And when I did, it opened up. Well, maybe I helped it open up. <laughs> and there was a girl's picture in there. Oh, dear. And it wasn't me. I hadn't even given him a picture yet. And I looked at her, and I knew who she was. And I didn't like her. (laughs) I was on a date with Doug, but she was there. Okay? I knew that a love would never grow and never increase and never develop as long as she was in his wallet. Okay? God says, Got some things in your heart you need to deal with. Your love for me is never going to grow until you deal with it. You can't serve two masters. You're going to love the one, hate the other. you got to choose. Your prayer life, my dear sisters, is where you choose. But all day long I choose you. Oh, there's so much more we're going to get into. I can't wait. But know that by the fourth date, she was out of his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Father, thank you for choosing us. Thank you, Lord. And God, may you convict our hearts. May we deal with the things in our heart that stop your love from filling us. And Lord, all day long today, may, may we simply remember your grace in our life. May we think on these things. Don't let us be filled up with garbage. God, may... May the Holy Spirit deeply convict and say, Kathy, cast it out. I've got something better for you to chew on. And then, Lord, for the purpose of not just changing me, but, Lord, the testimony of your witness in a life that truly loves you. It's huge. God, how we need that in America today, how we need that in our homes today. And may that happen, I pray. In thy precious name, amen.